All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Hello again, and welcome to Primitive Screwheads Talk Horror Movies. I'm Dan. And I'm Andrew. And we are here once again in Schools Out May to discuss another school-related horror movie. Andrew, how are you doing today? You know, I'm actually doing pretty well. How about yourself? I am doing wonderful. It's been a rainy, rainy week here in North Carolina, but that's okay because, once again, School's Out. Oh, wait, it's been rainy there? Dude, here it's it's like super nice out it's like the first like nice really nice time we've had so far well fuck you yeah so <laughs> deal with it <laughs> so yeah we are two friends who met over in south korea and we bonded over our love of horror movies and we get together every so often to dissect dismember and analyze the plot of a horror movie and discuss it so um for the month of may like i've said twice already we are doing a little theme where we talk about school related movies because in the wake of COVID 19 school's out forever at least you know for the rest of the school year at the very least um so we started off with the 90s movie the faculty and then we switched on over to the 80s movie final exam now we've got the 2011 film detention which is also one of andrew's favorite movies i believe so you want to introduce this one oh uh, yeah sure um wait what should i introduce about it crap uh well you know uh yeah this is a great movie um if this is actually, for those of you who are worried, this isn't the 2009 Detention movie, which is also a movie that I watched before this one, back when I first heard about this movie, and that was really bad, so don't watch that. Wait, um, wait, 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 2009 or 2019? Is the Taiwanese one, or? I think there's, I think it was a 2009 movie. So I first heard about this movie, I, like, I read about it, I used to go on um, Bloody Disgusting or maybe Horror Bid, which is like a horror website, and read about new upcoming horror movies um, back in college, and one of them was the movie called Detention, and I was like, oh, cool, I'll check that out, so... It came out, and I uh, obtained it through means, and I, I downloaded a movie called Detention, and I said, watch this, and it was about these kids who were, like, in detention, uh, they got, like, detention during a prom or something, but there's a ghost who died during, like, a prom back in the 80s or something, and it was coming to seek revenge on their family, because it turned out they were the kids of the kids who murdered him back in the past. It was really bad, it was terrible, um, and I thought that was Detention. And then, like, a week after I watched that terrible movie, they're like, oh, Detention came out. And then I watched this movie. Um, yes. And after that one and watching this one, I was utterly surprised. I had no idea what this movie was about. I still don't quite know what this movie is about, <laughs> but it's amazing. I don't think anyone knows what this movie is about. And just to add on to this, too, in 2019, another horror film called Detention came out as well. Uh, this one is actually based off the Taiwanese horror video game, also known as Detention as well, which is a very solid video game. Oh. And I have not heard anything about the movie, but, I mean, if the game is anything to go by, it's pretty decent. Um, and then also Devotion is the sequel to the game Detention. Um, unfortunately, it does not look like they're going to be developing anything else because they're Taiwanese and they had some anti-Chinese sentiment in there and the whole company just kind of collapsed after that. Awkward. I know. It's, it's a real shit situation. But definitely play Detention, Acquire Devotion, play those two. They're wonderful. Um, but yeah, so we have three horror movies named Detention. Damn. Mm-hmm. See, I, for a second I thought you were saying that they were remaking, like, there's like a Taiwanese remake of this movie. Like, <laughs> damn, try remaking this movie. <laughs> 
You can't. It is absolute lightning in the bottle. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I first saw this movie during one of our weekly horror movie nights back in South Korea. I remember, I mean, I was a little bit intoxicated at the time. I didn't quite quite understand what was going on and then i saw it again sober recently and once again i still didn't quite understand what was going on so i had to watch it again twice in the span of like three days and now i have a pretty good idea of the general plots but it's just such a weird movie i was actually the same way like when i first saw it i I watched it this night and like yeah i didn't throw on really know what's going on and like as i watched it i think i was like drinking at the time too and i was just like what the fuck is happening? And like, I didn't like. I woke up in the morning and didn't quite believe it, and like watched it again as soon as I woke up because I was just like, "What? What was I watching? Like, what was going on?" And I, I like, I immediately like made a lot of friends in college watch it with me because I was just like, "What is this movie? Like, what's you guys like see this right?" Like, <laughs> and that's exactly how I saw it too. It was just like, "Dan, you got to watch this movie," and I'm like, "Okay, Andrew, I trust your opinion on horror movies." What the fuck? <laughs> it's basically the best way to describe it. It is a horror comedy, emphasis on the comedy that sets in a high school where a slasher is killing the high school students one at a time. That is the broadest of broadest explanations I can give, because not only is it a horror comedy, emphasis on the comedy with slashers, um, time travel is also involved. There's a Freaky Friday mother-daughter body switch. There's a kid who's been in the detention hall for decades um, because the principal never told him to leave. There's a lot of just crazy... The fly, yes, there's some body horror in there. Basically, they just decided to take a whole bunch of tropes, not necessarily horror, blend them together, and create this weird Edgar Wright-esque comedy horror about all of them. And Edgar Wright-esque is really the best way I can describe this movie. There's a Mm. lot of quick cuts. There's a lot of blink-and-you'll-miss-it jokes. Um, if you've seen Dude Bro Party Massacre 3, which I highly recommend, I kind of get similar vibes from that one, but just with a bigger production budget and, uh, better acting, honestly, all around. But it's an absolutely insanely entertaining movie, and it's so fucking weird. So, you want to get started, I guess? Yeah, well, I think that we also need to address some big news that's happening out in the world right now. Um... They recently announced the Snyder Cut is coming out uh, in 2021. Uh, yes. uh, uh, I just thought I'd throw that out there because uh, I think it would be remiss not to talk about that because the first movie is truly a horrific invention. And, uh, now, you know, did, this might not be any better, but I'm excited for it. Now, did you see here how the uh, decision was made on the Snyder Cut to release it on HBO? Like how it was made or, or how they released, how they revealed it? No, no, how they decided that they were going to go ahead and spend $20 million doing post-production on Justice League to restore the Snyder Cut. Uh, didn't he, like, show them what he had or something? Didn't he, like, show them a cut that had kind of, like, an unproduced cut, essentially? No, 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 no. What happened was um, a whole bunch of HBO executives got together and they started talking about Justice League just randomly. And then as the conversation went on, they realized, oh, shit, your name is Martha, too? My name's Martha, too. And then about 15 different HBO executives all realized that all of their mother's names were Martha. And then they decided to call Zack Snyder, and that's how we're getting a new version of Justice League. You know, not going to lie, like, uh, I would say that, um, how to say this? Batman v Superman might be my alien covenant of uh, superhero movies. (laughs) I I might die on that hill. (laughs) I love that movie. (laughs) And that Martha scene, gold gold it made me feel feels Martha. 
Uh, yep. It was so good. Just saying. Okay. We'll, we'll, it's okay. We'll make we'll make our Batman vs Superman episode later. It'll be good. Uh, We're very timely on that one, Andrew. Uh, People really want that on a horror podcast. Yes, they absolutely do. Just like they want an episode on Spider Man too. Uh, do they? That was that was necessary. <laughs> All right. So before we get into the movie, you know, yes. I, I, I got to ask you, um, what type of fart is this? This, uh, this is definitely an explosive fart. Good. Like it is an explosive fart where everyone just kind of sits in awe after the fart comes through, and they're just like, "Wow, that was that was impressive, dude." And you were like, yeah, thanks. No problem. I got it. See, I, I, was, I was thinking of it like like, like, a, like a shark, but like one that like where you ate a bunch of different things the day before and it all just kind of comes out and melts together. So there's like little chunks of corn in there and they like, you know, made some blood in the stool, just like a bunch of shit just kind of mixed in there and just like, you know, splattered like, yeah, some J- Jackson Pollock kind of thing like is in your underwear. That's, that was, that was, and, and not because it's bad, but because it's like interesting and all over the place. Just like. It really, really is. <laughs> so. I just, I, just, I just thought, you know, I thought that, that way people people don't want to actually listen to the episode. They can get our opinion and then, you know, now they have the fart mm-hmm. scale. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. Uh, so do you want to go ahead and start off with our scene? Sure. Opening scene? Oh, yeah. All right, awesome. So this movie opens up and, like, just goes fucking balls to the wall, right? Like, right in the beginning um, with this weird, like, highly edited, like, I think this is like, probably one of the most Edgar Wright parts about it. Um kind of fourth wall breaking scene where uh, this we're introduced to a character uh, named Taylor Fisher, who we'll hear about a lot about throughout the movie. Um, and she describes herself as a bitch. Uh, she is beauty, intelligence, talent, charisma, and hoobastank. Uh, what? And then, They're great. <laughs> <laughs> and like all these, like all this, all these subtitles kind of appear in front of her. So like the word bitch and then kind of breaks down she's, as she introduces it. Um, and then she just basically goes on to the, on this huge freaking like monologue which i i love because um so she's like um she she basically tries to give you um advice for how to like succeed in life essentially um and it's funny you know teenage girl stuff did you see that billy boyd was in it so like she references this group today i'm waking up to the trunks but by the time you listen to this they'll be heading some shitty band and like you cut up to like the picture of the trunks and it's billy boyd he's like hey bitch that's not cool she's like eat cock who's billy Billy boyd no seriously Uh, i don't know who billy boyd is mary from um uh, Lord of the Rings. Ah, okay. <laughs> it, it's great. Didn't even realize. Didn't really catch that. Who that was. It was, okay. it was, it was awesome. Um, he was and, Pippin, not Mary. Oh, was he Pippin? Oh no, then it wasn't was Billy Pippin. Boyd. It wasn't Billy Boyd. Then it was the other one. It was the one who was in Lost. Uh, shit. Charlie and Lost. Yeah. Okay. Cool. It was him. Anyway, anyway, continue. Yeah. Oh my God. Wait. What was his band called in in Lost? Because he wasn't he in a band in that one. Is it the Trunks? Yes, he, he was. It wasn't the Trunks. It was like head something. You all, everybody. Yeah. You all, everybody. Okay, and my my head uh-huh. canon, This is this is the same universe as Lost. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like we got every every other cliche. Why not some afterlife shit? Yeah. Um, and so she gives us uh, her life advice for not failing in dying. Uh-huh. And the first yeah, is she to takes... see. Oh, sorry. Uh, no, no, I, I just love the one scene where she takes a whole bunch of pills and they're all labeled Herpex and <laughs> yeah. then she downs it down with a flask of alcohol and it's just like, yes, this this movie comes off to a great start. And this girl is like just complete bitch because she like, goes into the bathroom and and her brother's peeing. She's like, get in my bathroom, you ruined my life, God. <laughs> no, he, she says, you're, you get out of the bathroom, you ecstasy, baby. <laughs> <laughs> She goes downstairs and her mom is like, look, I made you breakfast. It's like, French toast, mom? I'm on a no-bread diet. Since, Since when? when? Since now. 
you're ruining my life, mom. <laughs> it's so, so good. good. When I feel like that, I feel like youth in this movie is right. I feel like again, I not, not I don't think this movie is super deep, but I think that the way that they explore youth is interesting, and I think that this is uh-huh. like you know obviously an over exaggeration, but also like kind of accurate as how fucking kids are it's kind of like how scream was all about the teenagers and then this is just the natural next step for it and then they do you know make fun of scream later on in the movie too but it's just it's uh dude nev campbell was a theme in our in this in this uh franchise or our she really our is school's out for, for summer thing uh-huh. um so so she gives us her life advice uh first is to go see cinderella which is essentially like a saw like character uh, like prom night kind of saw mixed together um mm-hmm. Take a hipster fuck me pout photo, uh, mm-hmm. um, and I, I didn't understand this one. It says your lack of faith in the durability of Kesha is disturbing. And then she's putting out her nose ring. Oh, okay. Is that um, what it is? Does Kesha have a nose ring? I didn't. I didn't get that. I, yes, I guess. I guess that's what it is. Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. So we, we also learned the '90s of the new '80s, which they reference a lot in this. Uh huh. Wear the skinniest jeans possible before entering the camel toe stage. Which she does. Uh-huh. And then diet. No eating on Mondays and Wednesdays. And then it's a picture of her. It's a shot of her just throwing up in the toilet. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then, like, in between that and the next one, typical, um, the next one, she's, like, closing her closet door on her cat and just, like, doesn't give a shit as the cat's, like, meowing and, like, dying. It's, it's terrible. Um, and then uh, we get her to, uh, and then we cut to her texting. And she's like, you know, take one of her advices. Take up a sick, sick writing style. And, uh... In her text messages, a stalker is uh, texting her. And she's like, "Man, stalkers are so 2011." She's like, "I'm gonna kill you." And she turns around, and there he is. Uh, there, uh, Cinderella is. Cinderella is, and I love how the username on the text message is Cinderella. Like, she saved that number to her phone as the contact Cinderella. It's uh... <laughs> I love too. It's like so. Um, she turns around there, Cinderella, and she's like, "Get in my room, you pedophile!" And he <laughs> slashes her neck, stabs the shit out of her. And then throws her out the car onto her mom's window. Yes. And it's... and then we cut to our main character, uh, Riley. Riley, who is basically the counterpoint to um, our main, our first kill introduction on this one. She wakes up, she's got blood on her fingers, and she's like, oh no, and then pulls back her um, comforter, and then she has just ketchup covered fries all over her waist in her pelvis, and <laughs> she just eats it. <laughs> And we get a quick uh, kind of introduction to Riley as well. We get an introduction to she is the biggest loser in this particular high school since the one girl who went down on the school mascot, who was this giant stuffed bear in the nineties. And I do love, I love that she when she wakes up. Um, so when she like when Taylor Fisher wakes up, she's like, "I'm a bitch." And when she wakes up, she's like, "Life sucks." And then like you just see the words "life sucks" appear below her, like "bitch" appear before Taylor Fisher, and she just looks down yes. and she's like, "What?" <laughs> and, like, and I think that's part of the thing is like Taylor Fisher's character inhabited her life and was actively participating in her life. Um, we, we talk, they talk a lot about self confidence and teens in this movie, and like that's what Taylor Fisher was, and she's not that character. So when she like gets her thing, when she gets her little subtitles, she's just like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> like I, I think it's, it's like a great uh, kind of uh, what do you call it when things are not the same? Fourth wall. Yeah, like fourth Got wall, but also like now. a great like. Showing, showing the different the differences between them. It's, it's awesome. I love it. Yeah, duality. That's great. So she misses her bus and then goes on down. And then this is one of my favorite lines in the movie, too. Oh, she's like, Dad, I forgot the bus comes early on uh, Wednesdays. Could you take me to school? And he's like, oh, sure, pumpkin. Absolutely. And then he stands all the way up and sits back down. Nope, still drunk. <laughs> <laughs> the dialogue in this movie, I mean, it's so fast-paced. Once again, like very Edgar Wright-esque um, 
But it's very much blink and you'll miss a type of humor. Like, this is an active, active movie to watch. And not only that, but the second time you watch it, the third time you watch it, you'll just get more and more and more. It's so <laughs> ridiculous. Well, uh, I, I love it, too, because we, we open up to... Uh... So we opened up with um, Taylor Fisher to taking all of her herpex, and we opened up uh-huh. to Riley taking a bunch of um, Xanax or no uh, sleeping pills to try to kill herself in the beginning of, of the of the movie. And then when her father uh, is like, "Nope, still drunk," a big like title card appears on the screen and says, "The movie detention is against drunk driving, even if you're suicidal." <laughs> yes. <laughs> Just like, yes, she goes through a character arc. Don't worry. Don't worry. This is her low point. Uh, yeah. So she goes on over to school, and she gets robbed by a guy wearing a Sigaros Icelandic. I don't, what, is he Icelandic? Is uh, he just wearing a t-shirt? He's our hipster. I don't, I don't know. know. He, they, they call him the hipster. Uh, he seems like they not really like a hipster, but he's our hipster, I guess. I don't know. But he mugs her, and he's just like, oh, iPod shuffle? You know, that's all you got? And he's like, dude, I make like $6 an hour, blah, 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 blah. I don't know. This this movie is just a whole... I, 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 I'm not sure if we really should just go through this scene-by-scene, scene, play-by-play, because it's going to make even less sense talking about each scene-by-play-by-play by play, unless we try and do some sort of semblance of overall arcing plot developments. All right, well, you know, well, well, you know, plot development, Riley's character. So the scene, oh, the scene with the hipster shows that, again, she is not fully confident who she is because she's arguing... Uh, her life's worth against his by saying things that she cares about and based on talking about the hipsters, uh, you know, his spend his uh, focus on money. And he's like, what the fuck are you talking about? I have no money. Like, <laughs> and he's like, uh, he's like, and like, she's like, oh man, you listen to like hipstery music. He's like, no nah, man, I listen to like disturbed. Like, what the fuck? And like, um, which I, I think, you know, if, we're talk- if we want to talk about the arc, the arc of the story, it definitely is that she is developing as a person into actually become a person while she is currently omitting from her own life. Yeah, that's true. And then also the little um, title card pops up at the very, very bottom of the screen that says Riley 1, World 0, or something like that. Which is, I'm sorry. No, No, but Hipster's 1, Riley 0. Yeah, Hipster 1, Riley 0, which is a (laughs) recurring motif whenever she comes across some sort of uh, obstacle or challenge in this movie. Mm. Anyway, so we get to our opening sequence where we're introduced to all the characters. And I gotta say, this is a really creative oh, God, opening yes. sequence. It's basically a little montage of all the high school students wandering through the halls and getting to know each other. But as they zoom in on particular aspects of the school, we realize that it's actually the opening credits. Um like one scene, someone gets a Coke can and it zooms in on the Coke can, and then the person's name is written in the Coca Cola font on the can as well. Mm. One of the bully characters punches a wall, and the cracks that form display his name. It's very creative. It, no, it, it's awesome. And did you notice what song is playing? Uh, no, I did not. It's Umbop. It's like the Umbop they play at the end. It's so fucking good. Wait, it's like a cover of Umbop? Yeah. Umbop. Dude, I, I fucking love Umbop. That song is a jam. 90s music is I mean like every character in this movie fetishizes the 90s and I am totally okay with that <laughs> yeah it's it's great um and so so like after so after this um after this like I honestly I think the credit seems amazing just look up on YouTube honestly it's it's beautiful um okay, we, should we, we should we like introduce all the characters like at I, the very least like I, I, I think like we'll meet them as we go through like because they cause okay. the first so because the first uh, the first kind of Vignette, and this this movie has a bunch of little vignettes, kind of cut aside, where you get a title card. Um, and the first one we get is the terrible conundrum of Clapton Davis. Um, and Clapton Davis is played by Joss Hutcherson. Uh, he is kind of our main male heartthrob kind of character. Um, mm-hmm. He's he is kind of the 
the the Zeke character essentially in this one. Um, he's kind of like a nerd who's obsessed with the '80s, um, and he's in the principal's office, headphones on, and the principal is more or less um, telling him that he's senior year, he's failing all his classes, and is like, "Dude, I want you out of here. Just like get one freaking A, and I will I will gladly graduate you. Like, but you need to do something with your life." Um, and the principal is actually played by Dane Cook. Uh-huh. Which were you into Dan Cook when you were, when he was a thing? Uh, no, I was never into Dan Cook. Is he still a thing? Is he alive? Yeah, uh, he is not. He, he's still alive. He is definitely not a thing anymore. Is he Adam Sandler um, essentially? He's basically Adam Sandler, but Adam Sandler has kind of made something for himself in terms of he does the movies he wants to do, just and then like gets a paid vacation for him and his friends basically, and that's why he does movies. And then <laughs> he's trying right. to do more serious stuff. But Dan Cook, the only the only movie I ever really liked Dan Cook in was Waiting, that comedy about oh, yeah. he was working on the restaurant. That was so good. Uh-huh. He was in that? Yeah, yeah he was uh, one of the cooks. Oh, oh yeah, he he was he was the balls guy, the show you the balls yes. guy. Okay. Yes. God, I forgot about I remember he was in that like weird Costco movie one. But I never saw Employee it. Employee of the month, yeah. Okay. Yeah, there you go. Look at that. Yep, look never at, saw that one. Look either. at his career. But we just anyway. summarized his entire career in two two sentences. Exactly. He used to do stand up comedy too. I'm not sure if you realize that. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember he did the oh yeah like the the he did like a a joke about the Kool Aid Man. But I always thought he was really annoying. That's all I remember. Um, anyway, yes, uh-huh. and you know this this doesn't change my mind very much. <laughs> so, and- uh, but he does have this amazing line in that one scene with Josh Hutcherson where Josh uh, decides to oh god oh god what's his name what's his character's name it's a good one Clapton Davis coming back to one more time Clapton Davis Clapton that's right like Eric Clapton they make fun of that later on uh, Clapton don't dance uh, Clapton tries to reach for Skittles and then Dane Cook stops him and he's just like I make forty k a year plus dental you may not have one of my Skittles <laughs> yeah <laughs> well other two because he's like. He's like, uh, he's like, all right, you need to get at least an A in one class. He's like, does home ec count? He's like, get your shit together, son. <laughs> um, so, so from there, that's the end of our first one yet. Uh, Riley is then at cheer practice, um, where she is apparently the bear mascot. I don't know if this was just decided at this point in the time or if she had always been the bear mascot. Um, and we are introduced to her former best friend, Ione, uh, uh-huh. who I did not realize is spelled I-O-N-E until I looked at the subtitles for it. Um, and she is, like, her her, her ex-best friend, because she's now dating Clapton Davis, um, and she is kind of, like, your stereotypical cheerleader character, blonde, um, and she is dancing to Everybody Dance Now, and everybody's freaking jamming to it. <laughs> Do you notice that the coach is, like, completely getting into it as well, oh, just, dude. like, subtly? It's so good. The coach is so great in this movie. Like, it's, and it's like, every... <laughs> I believe the guy who directed this, um, who he also directed Mood Torque, um, uh-huh. I believe he also does a lot of music videos, and, like, his camera angles in this thing are insane, which, like, mm-hmm. just watch the trailer for Torque, and it's fucking ridiculous. Um, I couldn't, I, tried, I intended to watch it before doing this as part of our review, but I just could not after watching the trailer. Um, Dude, in the opening montage, you know, one character says, oh, God, this is the worst thing since Torque. Yes. <laughs> they know, they know, they know about Torque is. Uh, but, like, the like, they do these weird, like, side pan panel kind of, um, shots where he'll like the coach will whip his head and the camera will kind of follow it around and he'll be like you over there or like it's it's so good like, i just the visuals of this movie i imagine this movie would be amazing high like oh yeah it would no, be it's, off the wall it's all over the place like not only with the fourth wall breaking with you know um text appearing on the screen and just people moving back and forth and the transitions like it's it's the most adhd 
camera transition movie I've ever seen. Yeah, it, uh-huh. it's so good. Um, so then after this, we're, we're in the gym, um, and Clapton Davis is um, in, in the gym watching uh, Patrick Swayze, videos of Patrick Swayze, because the bully of the school, I guess who used to date Ioni, um, wants to kill Clapton Davis. And it's like, dude, I'm going to kill you because you're dating Ioni. And Clapton decides to watch Patrick Swayze videos to learn how to fight from the movie Roadhouse. Um, and his uh, friend and a character, a reoccurring character named Xander comes up, who's kind of like the nerdiest character. He's like the Star Trek fan of this uh, movie. And, uh-huh. I mean, he literally dresses up as Picard later on. Yeah, he does. <laughs> uh, and they have, they have a discussion about Steven Seagal versus Patrick Swayze, because he's like, Steven Seagal is so much strong, so much better, you should watch his videos. And he's like, nah, man, most beat ponytails anytime. Um, and uh, we do get a very brief, uh, a very kind of brief vignette of, of the relentless negativity of Sander. And basically it is Sander taking a picture of Riley's wet shirt and her slapping him. And that is the... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, ooh, wet t-shirts. And then, bam, that's it. <laughs> so good. Um, oh, my gosh. Uh, so then after that, uh, we get to Riley giving a speech on vegetarianism. And it's, it is, like, the most, like, 60s, like, speech on, like, meat is murder. Um, and she's like, but, like, but, you know, like, some people choose to eat fish because they're not really quite sure if fish can eat, uh, it can feel pain or not. Um, so, and she's, it's like, you know, she has, she has a stance, but she's not able to defend it, essentially. Um, uh-huh. which again is, is part of her, 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 uh, character arc is like becoming more confident and more kind of sure of herself. And we meet the character Gord, who is the Canadian exchange student. Who is the best character in the movie. Dude, his lines, that kid, like, so he's, he's, he's wearing like a Canadian, like, uh, I can't remember what, what the team is, a Canadian hockey team, hockey shirt and like a, like a kind of like cyber tilted hat. And he's like, this girl's points are ridiculous. He's like, she, <laughs> like, she says that we can. She says that she's okay eating fish, and that is stupid. Vegetarians who eat fish are ridiculous. They they say they don't have pain, but that they, that does not mean they don't value their lives. And she expressed no sympathy for chickens. Americans hate chickens. Personally, I eat baby chickens. They are not leaving as much behind. This girl has, is wearing for one example, shoe and has no self confidence. For example, KFC turned, uh, serves popcorn chicken because they want you to know. They want to assure the customers that the chicken's been blown to bits. Otherwise, Subway doesn't call meatball subs popcorn cow. <laughs> it's Americans want chickens to die. <laughs> it's so good. It's so amazing. Uh, and I love it because uh, then the the debate teacher is like, "Great job, Gord!" Like she's like <laughs> so fucking into it. Like I just want this guy to, to like. I want this guy to read the news. <laughs> like today it's gonna <laughs> rain. To read me everything. <laughs> yeah, he's basically like Ali from Family Guy. It's gonna rain. <laughs> and so Riley is defeated by this. She feels really bad. She's being by a Canadian, and she's like, "Wow, like." I thought Canadian's supposed to be nice. <laughs> um, and so we cut to Riley eating a burger because, she, you know, she's given up on her life. She's like, you know, I need to eat a burger. Um, and there's this really weird scene where basically Xander comes up to her and is like, and they start talking and he's being a dick. So she's like, let's just text. This is like really fucking awkward talking to you. And he ends up like sending her a picture of the wet picture she took of him but with boobs drawn on it. And uh-huh. then Clapton texts back a penis drawn on it with cum on her face, which I was like, are we supposed to like Clapton? Because he seems like a fucking dick. <laughs> like, I was like, "Wait, is, isn't this our, our? Isn't this the guy she likes?" And he just drew a picture of a dick on her face. Like, what? It's it's weird. oh teenagers. I, I guess that's that's what uh-huh. love is. Yeah. What you've never drawn a picture of a dick on your significant other's face? <laughs> uh, you're right. You're right. Good point. Good point. You know, I text my girlfriend that every single day. All right. Well, I, I, I and then she texts a picture of me with really really bad bed hair. Do you remember back when you used to text pictures of dick balls to everyone? Back when I first met you. 
What? You said, you said a tech picture of uh, dick balls? Was that what it was? No, dick butt. Dick butt. Dick butt. <laughs> and I still do that, Andrew. Okay. <laughs> Literally, this, this kid, I first meet him in, in, in South Korea, and like one of the first things he does is message me a picture of dick butt. <laughs> dick butt. And that, thus a friendship was born. That's how the friendship was born, dick butt. Anyway, uh, before this gets way too personal, we cut back to Riley, who's in the main foyer, and it's just a close-up of her face. And she's talking to someone, and she's just like, I, you know, you understand me because we're both alone, we both aren't respected, you know, and if we disappeared, no one would really care. Well, let's go. And then it turns out she's talking to the stuffed bear, which is the school mascot right in the main foyer hallway. And she decides to hang herself right in the most heavily trafficked area of the school. Now, it's in between classes. No one's really in there. But she takes a noose, wraps it up to the ceiling, which... Don't know how that happens, but okay. Well, there's a pipe. And she, huh? There's like a pipe hanging up there. There's a pipe... Oh, yeah. She had great aim. Because it's really high up there. Pay attention. Anyway. <laughs> Listen, man. I knew going into this that there were going to be so many details I'm going to miss. Because this movie just... This movie throws... So much shit at you. This is this is the Everest of reviewing movies because there's just there's so much. Yeah, I could be like, oh, I didn't like this point, and then the director would be like, oh, there's five different micro scenes where I included something about it. I'm like, god damn it, I, I you're right, like, you got me. I feel like this is like one of those movies. It's like it, it's like a three hour movie that they just compressed like an hour and a half length. They just like, yes. and then, but instead of like editing it for three hour, for one and a half hours, they literally just like accordioned it into that time frame. <laughs> They're like, nah, I'm good, fam. <laughs> Do we want to edit it? No, no. It's good as is. We'll just we'll just fast forward through the whole thing. Basically. Uh, yeah. So she goes on up and she's like, I, I was beaten by a Canadian, you know, which makes no sense because Canadians are supposed to be nice. And then she starts hanging herself right in the main foyer. But as she uh, has the noose around her neck and as she's kind of falling, <laughs> well, one, not only do two students just walk right past her, just completely ignore her. Yeah. But two, Cinderella, the slasher from the very beginning of the movie, comes on out and starts attacking her. Um, she does manage to kind of swing herself out of the way and kick her down, and then eventually the axe does cut the noose and she falls down to the floor. And then the bell rings and everyone comes on out, and she's just kind of laying on the floor and Cinderella escapes. And then she runs outside and she sees Clapton about to get beaten up by the bully because Clapton is currently dating Ioni. <laughs> and, uh, um, so uh, Riley comes out now and she's like, oh, someone's trying to kill me. And Clapton's like, join the club. <laughs> yes. I love, I love it. Because Billy, the, the bully, is like, if your fist, sorry, if your face hurts my fist, I'll punch you harder. <laughs> <laughs> Such a good line. And Xander comes out and he's like, hey, man, I need to take a picture of your teeth for dental records. <laughs> so the police come on out and <laughs> the police come on out. And then they're just like, everyone step back. And then Billy, with his hand around Clapton, goes, hold on, I was here first. Yeah. <laughs> and then they all say, oh, your classmate uh, Taylor was murdered last night. <laughs> And Riley comes out now, and she's just like, hang on, I was almost murdered right now. And they're like, oh, sure you were, honey. <laughs> and I, I love it, too, because like, I, I can't remember if it was final exam or faculty. There's definitely a scene just like this in one of them, where the cops come, and I was just like, were they, were they referencing that? Like, was that, was that a reference? That was final exam, yeah, with the, the, the southern dude. <laughs> yeah, I, I know, but I feel like it was even more blatant than that. I can't remember which one it was, but I remember watching it being like, this is like uh-huh. detention. And then, yes. uh, it was great. Um, uh-huh. So yeah, that. Oh, <laughs> and I love it too because so then um, 
so then then we cut back to um to Riley at her house and like on the uh on the TV there's there's a um there's like a news report and it's like a man claimed he saw blue lights in the sky and was compelled to eat three cans of tuna, a food he typically hates. <laughs> Which comes <laughs> comes into play later. It's it's great. It, like, there's a bunch of weird little things in the side that happen and you and like they kinda of, they come through later, but I just I never noticed that until this time. I was like, Oh, that actually makes a lot of sense based on what we learn at the end of this movie. Um Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so Riley, Riley's at home looking through her yearbook, feeling sad, because she's basically is like Good, better luck next time was like her senior year like advice thing. <laughs> yeah, um, no one likes her. Everyone hates her. She's depressed. So sad. Um, and so as she's there, Cinderella appears behind her and attacks and like smashes her vanity. And Riley jumps out of her window, <laughs> just like falls down, um, and runs away. And ends up getting caught in a swing set, almost mauled by a dog. Falls in a pool, um, and uh, basically ends up getting out and calling the cops. Um, and this is where we get like this weird like the most like apathetic cops ever and it's again it's the same cops who appeared at the school and again they, they don't believe her they're like wow like what do you think this is like scream like like who like why would somebody try to murder you and she's like i don't know somebody's like trying to do it and they're like wow like you're you're an idiot and they're like she's like what do you think i am ne- ne- like nev campbell like and they're like you're not how to be nev campbell and it's like oh <laughs> you guys are dicks and then like they keep talking about movies and one of the cops says now iron man that was a movie and then she's like, Iron Man was PG-13. Does this seem like a fucking PG-13 movie to you? <laughs> and then, I'd like, it's weird, because the cops drive away, and then Clapton's sitting there, like, on his skateboard, just, like, watching her from uh, across I'm assuming he was a neighbor. That's what I assumed. Oh, okay, I guess that's true. They, they, they didn't uh, know each other. But, yeah. like, it was really weird. He was just, like, sitting there watching her, like, watching her yell at the police, and it's just like... Oh, 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 this is the weird thing. This is the one thing where the, 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 the star that breaks your camel's back. Yeah. It's fucking clapped and just sitting there because every it's it's like the biggest red herring moment ever. He's just like, hey, and uh, so they do this really romantic like riding doubles on a skateboard, and he's like, "Come on, Riley, nobody else is here." And she's like, "Oh yeah, nobody else is here." Which I wonder part of that like, and again, in in thinking of the story as a story of a person kind of finding themselves and like gaining confidence and like not being performative because like again, Taylor Fish is very performative, and she's uh-huh. the opposite of performative. Like in, in her outrage and stuff, and he's like, nobody's here, and that kind of calms her down. Like, I wonder if it's that idea that like she feels like she has to perform and has to like act this way around people. Like, she has to have like the this is what a feminist looks like. Sure, the I'm a vegetarian. Uh, I'm arguing against uh, you know uh, wars in in the Middle East. Like, she's very proactive. Mm-hmm. And like when he's like, nobody when nobody else is here, she kind of gets to calm down and just like be herself, really. Mm-hmm. Like, which may, I don't know, yeah. maybe it's part of the story. Um, and so they, they do this really romantic little ride on the skateboard, which I don't know. I don't know if, like, it was, like, a big skateboard, but, like, they both stood on it and rode around the, their little cul-de-sac together. And mm-hmm. Clapton has this really weird conversation. He's like, our lives are all coming to an end. And she's like, what? And he's like, you know, after high school, like, our lives are basically over. Like, I'm not, I'm not cynical. I'm just, like, enjoying life now, which I kind of like. Because, again, like, it's, he's basically like, yeah, like, I'm, you know, it's, it's like in um, Wicked, where, like, uh, Elphaba is so focused on, like, all the weird shit that's going on. And then, um... The guy that she dates, who becomes a scarecrow, is like, man, like you know, you don't, don't don't worry about life, just like enjoy now. It's kind of his his perspective, and that's why Clapton Davis yeah. has no future, but it's very. Present. And also, Clapton Davis says, "Clapton Davis, don't dance." Clapton Davis, don't dance because they're talking about Ioni and the prom and everything like that, and he's like, "No, no, Clapton Davis, don't dance." <laughs> <laughs> and this, so um, we go ahead. I was gonna say, like, this weird scene too, where he's like, he's like, "I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go see a movie with Ioni," and he's, she's like. Oh, cool. He's like, you should come with us. He's like, that's that's kind of weird because like you guys are on a date, but they do, uh-huh. and that takes yes. us to the next scene. 
Yes. So it takes us to Cinderella 2, which is the newest uh, horror movie in universe. And it's basically the Saw thing where one of the prom queens is attached to this chair with a whole bunch of contraptions. And Cinderella is just like, oh, the key to get out of this is inside your stomach. And you have to basically tear it apart with surgical scissors. And she's like, no. And then she starts cutting open her own stomach to get the key. And she's just like, oh, why did I do so many Pilates? My stomach muscles are so firm. (laughs) And and Cinderella's like, you should have thought of that before you decided to do premarital sex. <laughs> it's so good. Oh, it is. It's just so uh, stupid. And like and so um and during this time Ioni makes like some more nineties references and uh Riley's like, why do you make keep me nineties references? Like that's so like weird and forced, like stop it and they start yelling. And then of course our favorite character Gord appears. And it's like it's like you're you're taking as a contract by being here, you need to be quiet. <laughs> and like I love it because there's some guy in the background who earlier yells at Ioni for like um for talking. Um, uh-huh. And she's like, eat my shorts. And that's when the thing is. And then, like, while Gord's talking, some guy in the back is like, shut up, lumberjack. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, he basically talks her down. is like, silence, compliance, and walks away. It's, Gord is, Gord is the best. He has such a voice of authority the whole time, and it's so wonderful. Oh, God. And then once again, it pops up, it pops up with Riley Zero, Gord too. <laughs> So all of them are hanging out in the bowling alley after school, and um, Riley is telling Ioni that she got attacked by Cinderella, and they have an argument about, well, oh, come on, if anyone's going to be attacked, it's going to be me, Ioni, not you, Riley. You know why? Because, you know, I'm more popular, and, you know, Slash of Flame Heroines, they live in McMansions, not your shithole that you live in. <laughs> and then Riley hits back with, well, they mostly attack, you know, non-virgins or something like that so they're just arguing with the longest time because while this argument's going on like there's their argument and if you listen xander and clapton are sitting there and talking about where they'd go to survive zombies (laughs) like they're not even paying attention they're like arguing like these two are sitting next to they're arguing and across from them like on each either side of them are clapton and xander and they're just like at the same time oh where'd you go like you know i'm gonna go to the bowling alley like just like having this casual conversation while these two are fighting right next to them (laughs) it's so good uh, I love the way that the way Ioni ends. She's like, "I'm hot. Your house sucks. You lose." <laughs> yes, I'm the one who's going to get murdered. I'm the one who's going to get stalked. Uh, yep. And this is when we yep, learn yep, yep, yep. Uh, our next vignette: the unfortunate collapse of Ioni and Riley's friendship. And basically, <gasps> six months ago, Riley's like, "Hey, do you think Ioni would go out, or do you think Clapton would go out with me?" And Ioni's like, "Hell yeah!" And then, twenty-seven days ago, and Ioni sees Clapton and is like riding a unicycle, and she's like, "Damn, he can ride me like that." And then that's how they don't become friends anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, high school. Good stuff. Um, so then after that, um, that basically starts off a food fight after their weird friendship thing. And uh, they all get kicked out. And the, the, uh, the coach is there. And he's like, you, all got, he's like, you guys should all be mourning right now. Like, what, are you, what the fuck are you doing bowling? And he's like wearing his super short shorts. Um, <laughs> and so then people are like, oh, man, there's a part- then, like, um, Xander has a party, or party that night. Uh, the football game that night, so everyone has to go get ready. And Clapton's like, all right, I got a fled. And he's like, I got to go get prom tickets. And the coach is like, run, blonde girl, run. <laughs> run. <laughs> he's like, coach, you ready for football? And he slams his trunk. He's like, I'm always ready for football. <laughs> and so then R- Riley's there with Xander, and she turns to him, and he's like, hotel for dogs is on cable soon, and gets the walks away. <laughs> and then Riley's left all alone, like, okay, how do we have to write this character out? Let's, uh, you know, reference hotel for dogs. Sure, why not? <laughs> Oh, dude, because like I'm not gonna lie, I've definitely watched Hotel for Dogs on cable. Well, it was definitely on, and I definitely paged through it. So I was like, no, I'm in that part of life. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
So we cut to Riley um, at the football game, and this this is going about to introduce like my favorite vignette of this entire scene, this entire thing. Um, so Riley's there in, in her in her bear costume, getting pictures taken of her, um, and uh, Billy, the school bully, is uh, the lead quarterback, and he's. He's finding he can't throw the football. And he's like, no. And some like, weird slime is stuck to his hand. He like, freaks out and runs into Riley and vomits on her. Um, and it ends up like melting uh, this kid's helmet. Uh, and Riley's like, holy shit, what the fuck is going on? Uh, so she follows him into the locker room and he runs away. And uh, he's like, you don't understand what's going on with me. And she's like, no. He's like, what are you doing? Like, juicing? Like, why are you so fucking weird? And he's like, he looks at her. He's like, I have fly blood in my veins. And then it cuts to the vignette of how he found out he has fly blood and, and, wait, in his veins. But, but before you explain it, the, the vignette is titled The Lonely Ballad of Billy Nolan. So Billy Nolan was a kid, and then he goes out to a swamp behind his home, and he finds an alien spaceship, and the alien spaceship basically injects him with this... How does it happen? So um, How does he get the fly powers? So he goes outside, he's, he's yes. playing with his dog, and his dad's like, See, I told you not to do to hang out here when I'm watching TV. And he walks out. He's like, "Why does he hate me?" And he goes outside, and a meteor lands. And so he touches the meteor, and it burns his hand. And as he screams, we pan over to his dog, and his dog just explodes. Just out of <laughs> his golden retriever just explodes next to him. And then he goes, comes back to his house, and then his hand is all mangled and just completely all over the place. Uh, just a, a complete fuck up of a hand. And then the dad comes out over, takes the TV, <laughs> puts it on his hand, <laughs> and says, No one can know my son is a freak. And then we cut to him sitting in his elementary school with this massive TV stuck to his hand like a glove. And then all the kids are chanting, TV hand, TV hand. Mind you, this TV is always playing something. Even though it's not plugged in anything, it's always fucking fucking on. So he goes off, he tries to play sports with his TV hand and it's not working at all. The kids pick on him, so he's trying to punch with his TV hand and it doesn't work at all. And then we cut back to him as a teenager and he takes his TV off and the hand is completely fine and free and then all of a sudden weird things start to happen he's having sex with this girl with taylor fisher taylor fisher yes taylor fisher and then the fly wings spring from his back (laughs) and then it cuts to his face back in the locker room in present day and you're like and that's exactly how i remember it (laughs) and she's like what the fuck are you on (laughs) you've got to cut down on your protein shakes dude (laughs) so good um and then uh so Basically, he, like, pushes her, and uh, his hand, his fly hand sticks to her, and they get in this weird kind of awkward situation where it looks like he's humping her, essentially, and Clapton comes in. And he's, yes, and he's, now she's wearing the bear suit the whole time. Oh, way. yeah, in the, in the bear suit. <laughs> Which actually reminds me of um, Mean Girls. Because uh, in Mean Girls, they're, like, they're, they're, they're trying to get gossip on Regina George. Uh, this, I'm, uh-huh. I'm a fucking nerd. And they're like, they're like, oh, man, Regina, um, Regina makes Eric have sex with him in the bear costume. And they're like, and they're like, like what she makes him wear it like she's like no they're both in it <laughs> that's, all, that's all i could think about <laughs> um so he comes uh clapton comes in and is like oh uh is this where i should say how how, how could you and she's like is, is this where i should say like it's not what it looks like <laughs> which again i think it's showing like you know their, their characters and they're like you know the, the lack of kind of self-concept they have like are they together yeah. are they not whether what is the relationship they don't even know it's good uh-huh. so we cut them over to our party and are you okay do you need to take a break right now because i feel like i need to take a break like this is the craziest breakneck 
movie. How, how far are we into this movie? We are 40 minutes into this movie right now. What? And just all over the place. Yes. Jesus. Yes. This movie is ridiculous. Anyway, we're at a house party. And um, she, Riley, shows up and she's like, I didn't know there was a costume party. And um, Xander, was that his name? Yep, Xander. Xander. Xander, my brain's broken. Um, Xander is dressed up as John Luke Picard. And he's like, yeah, I'm totally dressed up as John Luke Picard. I don't even know what to say. Here. There's just a whole bunch of like little scenes where they focus on two characters and they cut away to another person. Like uh, Gord, the Canadian dude, is there talking to this other girl we've seen before. And he's just like this girl. whole... Yes, this whole Marxist alcohol partition thing is new to me, and me as a Canadian. And then she's just like, hey, so I hear Canada... Yeah, I hear Canadians don't lock their doors. <laughs> and I never noticed this before, but as she says that, she goes and touches his dick. Yes. I've never noticed oh, that before, and I was just like, uh-huh. she's touching his dick. Like, I guess she's un- <laughs> And then there's a guy watching them through the windows, and then he just walks away all sad. It's Toshiba. It's just... Toshiba, he's into, he's into a golf girl. Yes. Um, yeah, nothing that, really happens there. Like, so basically, that happens. Um, uh, Riley sees um, Ione making out with Clapton, so she gets wasted and starts making out with Xander. Um, uh-huh. And as she's doing that, Xander starts making weird b- bird noises and humping her butt. Um, and he's like, ah, ah. and it's, it's, I think it's their attempt to like, I don't know, make Zan- make uh, Clapton jealous, and nobody knows what the fuck's going on. Um, uh-huh. But. Um, what ends up happening is um, he ends up, Xander ends up uh, getting his Jean-Luc Picard Star Trek ring stuck in her overalls. I can't remember who she's dressed up as. But she's dressed up as some character in overalls uh, uh-huh. and rip, ripping character. open her uh, her overalls to reveal an exposed boob. Uh, Which is ridiculous because it's 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 vintage. Those are vintage overalls. Oh, yeah. Vintage I overalls, so not so boob. <laughs> Wait, isn't she wearing a shirt underneath the vintage overalls? How did this happen? Yes. Yes. Did he lift up her shirt and, and like in the in the when he was copying a feel or something? Is that what happened? <laughs> okay, so hang on, I got the scene pulled up right now. Oh. We've got boobs coming in three, two, one. I have no idea. Okay, I have no idea. It just completely rips open. It it, it could be that like the shirt underneath is like a button down too. It looks like a polo, but it completely goes all over. <laughs> oh, one of my favorite things too. Um, there's been a running joke throughout the entire movie that Riley kind of looks like a dude. And someone takes a picture of her with her boob exposed, and then he's like, "Oh, that dude has tits." <laughs> what? I, never, I, I forgot about that. Oh my god, That's, that, this this movie's so weird. I don't. There's so many things going on in this movie. Um, uh-huh. but, so, and then after this, we cut to um, Billy and Clapton fighting, and basically, uh-huh. uh, Billy because <laughs> Billy goes up to punch. Billy goes up to. He's like, "We're gonna fight now." Um, and, and he's like, he's like, all right, we can do this the easy way or the hard way. And Clapton's like, wait, wait, there's an easy way? And Billy's like, I mean, fuck, no, no, no. <laughs> and uh, it's funny because then Billy punches Clapton. Uh, and, like, and like, I didn't get, like, you punches Clapton and you kind of pan to the side. And there's, like, another Clapton. He's like, in, like, a, in, like, a sweater. He's like, well, I'm glad that's not me. <laughs> okay, no, 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 pause for a second. What? So before the fight starts, Ioni's just trying to t- hype him up and, like, Clapton, come on, you can do this. And then he looks behind him, and then Patrick Swayze is standing right there, but only from the neck up. And he's like, remember, Clapton, pain don't hurt. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and then he looks down, and he goes, because he, in his notes he's taking on, like, how Patrick Swayze fights, his notes are, like, red shirt. And he looks down, and he realizes he's really a red shirt. <laughs> so that's, I guess that, that's all I got from that. Um, so Billy, Billy punches him, um, uh, Clapton. Clapton punches him back and nothing really happens. And then Riley just walks in between them and throws up everywhere <laughs> and passes out. Uh, and then, uh, it's, so, and then uh, Ione comes in and runs in and is like, 
She's like, you're fucking so... She's like, she's like you need to stop him. Like, stop. You know, ever, you know half the man he is, and you fucking lied to me. It's not normal for Steven to glow in the dark. <laughs> and, and Joey's like, why would you say that? And he, like, runs away uh, and starts, like, freaking out. And then out. he's just like... I swear, uh, Billy, I've never, uh, I own, he's never seen my semen or something. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Um, I. It's so good. Dude, I. Love this dude, movie. Dude, dude, it is, it is a phenomenal movie. Watch it. We are not doing it justice. We really aren't. It's, it's so, we, we, we are trying our, we are trying our goddamn best here. It's all so hard right? to explain it's, such a crazy movie like this. I really, I have no idea how to explain an amazing movie besides just saying all the jokes and being like, this is, you know, this is great. This is hilarious. Watch it. Oh, God. So so Billy, so, Billy goes upstairs, freaking out. His hand starts changing, like little things start spratting of it. And he goes upstairs and he's like, oh, fuck. And then he hears something behind him. And he turns around and it's Cinderella. And he beats the shit out of Cinderella. He like throws, throws him into a, into a mirror, punches him a bunch of time, knocks him down. Um, and in his rage, he accidentally punches his hand through a TV rebirthing tv head or tv hand um and as he's when i first showed this to my to one of my roommates he like that's all he got from this movie was tv hand and he just would say that to me randomly (laughs) like tv hand tv hand uh but he goes to punch cinderella in his hand his tv hand gets caught in the door jam which then uh cinderella takes advantage of and cuts the shit out of him with an axe um and throwing his corpse onto the grill and out the window uh which kind of ends ends the party, unfortunately. It's it's you know it's, it's a sad end of the party. Um, and we cut to yeah, Riley. Yeah, you know, I hate it when that happens. I know, like every every time I'm at a party and then somebody's hand just like randomly ends up on the grill. It's just, it's, you know, it's just a downer. It's a real bummer. It really is. People it's need to stop bummer. doing this shit. It's a mood killer. I know. Uh-huh. It's, it's, a, it's like the COVID it's of a party. party foul. <laughs> it just ruins everything. <laughs> is it funny now? Can we start calling stuff COVID or something? You know, I I, I think of the way the way people are acting right now. Like the death isn't funny, but people's reactions are. Um, I was I was at work uh, when this was all starting up back in March, and I was talking to one of my uh, clients, and he was just like, you know, this COVID thing is really scary, but the memes that have come out of it are hilarious. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> like, I, couldn't, Very true. I, I couldn't agree with you more, dude. Exactly. Uh, um, so we cut back to Riley in um, in the principal's office, and this is where he gets this is where she gets assigned detention, the titular part of the movie, mm-hmm. um, and basically he accuses her of. of trying to be in porn, essentially. And he's... And so, I forget what he says, where he's just like... He's like, wow. He's like, wow, the, the star football player is murdered and you're trying to make porn? <laughs> like... Um, uh, oh, and the coach is just like, you should still walk in like your body's covered in fur. Like, it's... <laughs> yeah, because she's, she's the pride of the school by being the... Um, yes. Being the, the mascot. Um, and although like, a little bit happens, but not, nothing really important. So they... Uh, yeah. We we hop. Well, they put her in detention. Yeah, they put her in detention. It. And uh, uh-huh. and in the middle of this weird like little morning, they have a little morning montage for Billy. In the middle of this, we get one of the, another another great vignette called the disturbing abduction of the time traveling bear. And <laughs> we get uh, we learn on the planet Star Claw, there is a grizzly bear, and he is wandering around in this kind of dystopian like the Eiffel Towers there, um, the uh, the Statue of Liberty's there, which made me wonder like is this is this the far future Earth? Because it's a time traveling bear, um, so it may Star Claw the future of Earth. Is that Planet Star Claw? Is that, that was that's what it may have gotten. Maybe Planet Star Claw is Earth in the future. Uh, I think so. I, that's my assumption. Uh, so my brain. My so brain, after the bears brain. take over the world, um, this bear is walking around, and um, an alien spaceship abducts him, 
And that is all we get from the disturbing abduction of the time-traveling bear. Um, cut back to detention. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, we are in detention. And, well, hang on. Before that, there's this wonderful scene where Riley is sitting in the gym. And is, is he a teacher? Yeah, he's an English character? teacher. No, a science teacher. English teacher. Science no, that's right. The science teacher, yes. And he's basically sitting down. And then he's really like comforting her and he's just like hey i know life kind of sucks right now but you're a beautiful girl whose voice just needs to be heard and you know i'm here for you i'm fine she's like oh my life is over i'm a porn star now because i showed a nipple on camera you know someone took a picture of me naked so i'm a porn star now i don't know how that works but okay and then she starts rubbing her hands on his back and then he stands up and he's just like yeah you got this girl Oh, and then she starts talking about maybe I just like older men, you know, maybe someone like 32, 33, whatever you are. And then he stands up and he's like, you got him, girl. And then he leaves and then there's this other guy sitting on the bench. And the other guy slips his ass and they walk away arm in arm. <laughs> uh... So many, this movie's this movie. just so many, so many different things going on. <laughs> there's so many layers. It's, it's. It's so good. Everything she tries is denied, you know? <laughs> and then they have, like, a Yogi Bear picnic basket <laughs> together. Uh, that's that's not what you do? <laughs> <laughs> Andrew, Andrew, yeah. I, can't, I can't, I can't, I can't even. I am figuratively a teenage girl because I literally cannot even. Uh, we're Taylor Fisher. Okay, so where are we? Um, we so are... At attention. And uh, I love it because... There's, there's a montage. I don't know what happens in the montage. Nothing. I honestly don't. It's not important. It's, yes, it's just, a, have the bear. just a morning montage, um, and so then the, then we basically hop into uh, hop into the detention, and I love it because the principal's like, "Who's the killer?" And Toby's like, "Toby, um, who's an African American guy? Don't know much about him. He doesn't say much." And he's like, "Taylor Fisher." And she's like, "Dane Cook's just like, I don't b- believe you," because <laughs> he's kind of like, "Was it her?" <laughs> I love it. It's, it's, the line delivery is just so good. I don't, I don't know how to how to do it justice. Um, but basically, he leaves, and everyone starts accusing each other um, and saying why they couldn't do it. And I love it because Alney's like, because um, Riley's foot's been broken this entire uh, movie. And she's like, uh-huh. broken leg is for losers. <laughs> and they're like, and, and Xander's like, I think it's Toby. And he's like, why is it me? You barely know me. And he's like, yeah. And, and they're like, how how could, but you're you're this strange, quiet, unknown guy. And he's like, I'm, I'm not a killer. I'm, I'm just boring. <laughs> <laughs> and then Alney's just like, our generation has had no major problems. Like, what about 9-11? What about Heath Ledger? What about all this stuff? <laughs> and just like, oh. Which, again, like... Oh, I, Al-Qaeda, you know, that sort of thing. Oh, yep. It's funny, too, because yep, yeah, yep, a, yep, a yep. lot of the kids are pointing out real things. And then, the, uh, then uh, it's Andrew, she's like, Heath Ledger? And they're like, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, they, and they look around, and, the, and all this, they look over, and they're like, who the fuck's this guy? And the camera pans over to this random guy we've never seen in a hoodie, just sitting there. No, we have seen him in one scene before. Did we? After the very first fight scene with uh, Billy and um, uh, 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 Clapton, um, it zooms up to a window in the high school, and we can see his face through the window. And that's the only time we've oh, ever seen we? him. Oh, yes, I never noticed that. Yes, that's it. That's it. Oh that's god. So he says, my name is Elliot Fink. And then they're like, we didn't see you. And it's like, no one really sees me. I've been in detention every day for the last 19 years. The sound of Elliot Fink. 19 years. What the hell did you do? And he's like, I I don't remember. And then we get another montage, the silent enigma of Elliot Fink. I love it. 
And it's a single shot. This is probably my favorite scene in the entire movie. And it was actually the most expensive scene in the entire movie because of all the licensing for the music. Oh, yeah, probably. Um, but it's a single pan where they zoom in on everyone in the detention hall, one continuous camera moving back and forth, no cuts whatsoever, but it says 2008, and then the 2008, I, I don't know what song it was, but really, really popular song in 2008 comes on in, everyone's dressed down the style, then it says 2005, and then it cuts back to 2005, where it kind of just zooms in, um, and it just keeps on going back with all the fashions being updated. Backstreet Boys is playing in the 90s. It's so... Oh, I love Backstreet Boys one of 1998 one because it's all the guys are dressed as the Backstreet Boys and there's a girl dressed as Britney. It's just yes, like, yes. And then, like, I think the 1994 one is the breakfast. Is everyone's dressed like the Breakfast Club? Yes. Um, and I think we get to 1992 and there's this girl who's like, "You took a dump on the principal's car and only got a week. This guy's a legend." <laughs> and then the principal comes on in and we got a portrait of George Bush in the very back. Oh my god, like Perry. And he's just like, "You're gonna have detention every day until I tell you not to." Yeah, like shooting porn at school. <laughs> oh. oh so and then, good and then, anyway he okay. yes 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 yes, yes. go it. go 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 no i okay so so he looks on up and he sees this girl who looks very very similar to ione and he's just she's just like what are you looking at perv and then she taps her phone and says why is there no wi-fi here and then it cuts back to present day and her phone and is an iPhone. Ione is like <laughs> yes and then ione is just like what do you what you have another nom flashback <laughs> and then we get our next uh our next title card the freaking yeah, okay. fl- no, no, i just I, I need to pause here okay i need to pause here i need to wrap my right so we have breakfast club we have time traveling bears we have the fly a body horror we have detention breakfast club we have our school fight we have our school party what the fuck else do we have at this point before we get into freaky friday time traveling bears did we say that Yes, we said time traveling bears. How could I forget the goddamn time traveling bears, it. Andrew? We have porn. We have. Uh, <laughs> we have porn. We have skittles. We have the skittles. We have, we have the forty k a week, a month, or the, a year. Everything. Patrick Swayze. <sighs> we have Patrick Swayze. But who doesn't? We will always have Patrick Swayze. Wait, didn't he die? <sighs> yes, yes, he did. So we don't. We don't always have Patrick Swayze. You just lied to me. People, we we can put baby in a corner now. Good. It's okay. <laughs> it's safe. <laughs> um. So that, then we get our next scene, uh, the freaky flip-flop of Ione and Sloane. And basically, what this what this amounts to is um, that uh, Ione's freaking out. She's like, there's a dance tomorrow. God, like, I, I want to, like, I, I don't know how to, I don't know how to, how to uh, what to do. And and her mom, Sloane, is like, I have an idea. So I, and they, they, she's like, I am going to switch bodies with you and switch minds with me. And your minds will go back in time. So nobody expects that. And that's what we're gonna do. And like, while she's she's basically going around, they're getting their hair done, they're getting their nails done, they're doing, they're doing all this stuff. And every time her mother Sloane is drinking like some martini, or something, and just getting more and more wasted as the night goes on. She's like, and that's what's gonna happen. And then you and I'll be you, and we'll switch back. And uh, and as she passes out, and then it cuts to Ione at night wishing on a star, and she's like, I wish my mom would go to another planet instead of being a drunken husband. It's full of shit. And I, I, I love how it's just like all the advice about the 90s is what guys are hot and which ones aren't. Yeah. Like Kevin Costner, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, really, really hot. Ew, Kevin Costner? Ew. It's so good. I like, and, and then, and so, <sighs> and then while, and then, uh, Ione goes to sleep and someone goes to sleep and while they're asleep, an alien comes and 
time travel abducts them and switches their switches their places essentially. Fuck it, we'll go with it. I, 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 don't, I didn't quite understand that. Like, are these aliens time travelers? I don't know. They abduct them um, and uh, switch their bodies. Uh, and and then like it's great because like so this ends and then uh, basically we have a kind of a split screen with um, Ione and Sloane and they and they both sit up and it's both the same actress and she's like and that's how I ended up in 1992 in my mother's body and then she's like and that's how I ended up in 2011 my daughter's body <laughs> and uh, present day Ione is drinking a martini <laughs> it's great yes. um, and then we so we are... then we get to see uh, she um, Ione or Sloane slash Ione then kills it. At the uh, at the talent show doing crisscross, I think, um, and we see Riley go up and dance to "As Long as You Love Me" like an in, like an interpretive dance and falls off, breaking her leg, which is what causes the broken leg at the end of the film. Well, she sees Ione and Clapton making out. Oh yeah, yeah. And then she kind of like it, it throws her off balance because she's got feelings for this guy. <gasps> the feels. <sighs> yep. And then we're in nineteen ninety two. Sorry? Then we're in 1992. Oh, yeah, we're back in 1992 with... Um, with we're back Ione in 1992. In Sloane's body. <laughs> and we get another montage of Principal Yearning, played by Dane Cook, and we get to see what he was like back in 1992 in this school. And uh, the title of this montage is The Worthless Yearning of Principal Verge. <laughs> um, uh, so he's sitting in bed, and he's praying to God, and he's like, oh... Dear God, please give me the strength to ask out Sloan. And then also, could you please do something about the commercials with the starving Ethiopian kids? It really bums me out. <laughs> uh, so basically, we get this little montage of him crushing on Sloan, who is really Ioni in her mother's body, but we're time traveled back to 1992. Um, Ioni slash Sloan. It, it, it. She's, she, she, she turns it down essentially. She's like, "Wow." She's like, "You." Yes, she's yes, like, "I can yes. smell the baloney in your lunch bag." <laughs> and so uh, uh-huh. he he basically, uh, in retaliation in science class, creates a bomb to uh, blow her up uh, to blow up the school. But unfortunately, yep. it explodes right in front of him and just burns a scar in his face. Yes, and then we and then we cut back to present day, and he's got that scar. Yeah, and he but he I, he has a scar, and then he's looking at Ioni's like page in the school computer, like what the fuck? Like why does she look like this girl? <laughs> yep. Um, so that's what it is, and then we go back to our detention as well, and they. Um, why does Riley have the bear? I forgot why she has the. Oh no, it's the mascot bear, right? Yeah, yeah. She she has the mascot bears. Um, no, she has the bear ripped up in front of her. Yes. How did the bear get there? They don't know. I don't know how the bear, I don't know how the bear they got they, there. They, they, cut, they literally just cut to it in front of her. They're like, oh my god, how did this okay. get here? <laughs> oh, like, oh fuck, I, I gotta think, go to the I, think I think it's Taylor's. It's, it's Taylor Fisher's. Because then there's a bloody shoe in the bear. Yes, and they do say something like, oh, it's Taylor's. And then there's like, oh my god, the killer's right here in detention with us. And they decide, well, because this killer that's killing all of us and killed Taylor dressed up as Cinderella, we got to go ahead and we have to find out what happens in the Cinderella movies because that'll give us an edge, just kind of like that scream sort of thing, horror movie rules. And one of them is just like, well, yeah, there's Cinderella 2, you know, we saw it in theaters, but Cinderella 3 is not even out yet. And then Toshiba's like, no, we can go on BitTorrent until we can get a work print <laughs> of Cinderella 3. 
so they're watching the work print of the movie Cinderella 3, and then on the scene of Cinderella 3, inside the movie, they're just like, hey, we should go ahead, and if we want to find the killer, we should get a work print of Slashing Beauty 4. And there's this girl in the corner who's just like, I want to have premarital sex. And then we dive deeper into this rabbit hole of movies where we're, where we're watching a work print of Cinderella 3 who's watching a work print of Cinderella 5. Uh, Slashing Beauty, Beauty 4. Slashing Beauty 4. And then they're just like, oh, yeah, we got to watch the movie something but, but, 5. Well, they're all there and they're like, they're like, this girl's like, I'm seeing myself for marriage. And the guy's like, hey, I have this VHS of this like, porn that I found. <laughs> and then in yes. that, they plug that in and it's like a weird fat vamp cross-dressing vampire guy <laughs> killing a teen i guess i, I don't know what's going on eating some girl and then i i, I think that's what happens yeah, so basically so yeah yeah so in one a vampire vampire guy walks in in the porn vampire walks in eats person then it cuts back yes. to the people watching that and then they look up and there's a vampire on the ceiling and it cuts a fan from the ceiling which falls down and impales the kids and then that movie pops back into Cinderella 3 and in Cinderella 3 she's just standing behind um, them and kills them all and then yes she's just like all over and then we pop back into mood detention pop out of the Cinderella 3 into detention everyone looks around like fuck what happened and nothing happened (laughs) yes Uh, and I love it because then Verge comes and he's like what are you guys doing and they're like they're like "Uh, nothing and and she's like the killer's in here and is like nobody hears the killer, and he's like, I don't know how he gets on this, but he's like, he's like, yeah, nobody's the killer. He's like, yeah, sure, everybody's the killer. Somebody hears the killer. He's like, do you really believe that Barack Obama killed anybody? And he kind of pauses. He's like, in high school, because <laughs> he's like, maybe. He's like, yeah. They're just like, no, high schoolers are killers. Like, no, high schoolers can't be killers. Do you think Barack Obama killed anyone in high school? OJ, maybe, but not Barack Obama. Well, I, I <laughs> he's, like, just... he's like, do you think Barack Obama killed anybody in high school? <laughs> like that was really racist why did you jump to oj and not jeffrey dahmer or something like that he's like don't ask me i voted for mccain (laughs) (laughs) and then uh he leaves and as he as he closes the door behind him we find gourd is run through with a um fan just like the person within slashing beauty (laughs) Uh (laughs) 4 which is great um and he's like basically pinned to the back of the door everyone freaks out um and then we see uh verd is walking outside and as he's walking outside, um, outside the detention room, he turns and goes, who the hell are you? And somebody <laughs> has killed him. Yes. So <laughs> so they decide to barricade the library um, because, you know, obviously the killer's out there at this point. And um, Ryle, uh, who was Hoodie Guy? Elliot, yeah. I think his name was, something like that. And he's doing notes on his desk, just carving it in there. And he's just like, oh, I figured out the equation. And Riley's just like, oh, you cool, you passed trick. Now help us figure out, you know, figure out who's been murdering us. And this is when the movie goes... Insane. It doesn't matter. The world is ending in ten minutes. Nine minutes. In the past. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So basically he says there is a bomb that is going to blow up in 1992 and it will destroy the world and it will destroy the world in 2011 oh yeah he's like that's the catch i said the bomb was happening in nine minutes but it's happening in nine minutes in the year 1992 <laughs> which what <laughs> well i too because he's like, th- th- like like how's it happening he's like he's like the destruction is man-made and he goes if it's man-made we can kill it <laughs> 
So, at this point, Toshiba's just like, well, that's okay, because I made a time machine. And then they go to the front of the school where the stuffed bear is, and he's just like, that's totally a time machine right there. Because it's a time-traveling bear. It's a time-traveling bear. And, and they're like, so, it's somebody's used it. It's somebody already went back. They're like, where are Clapton and Xander? And they think, it's, it's great. It's so good. It's so good. So Riley gets in the time-traveling bear, and it's very, very Iron Man-esque with the hood and the inside, and then she jumps back up in 1992, lays on the floor, and she is exactly uh, where she wants to be. Yeah, she loves it. Uh, Yep. So she's happy. She sees all of the older principals and all of the old students. Ioni is back there as Sloane in her mom's body. I, I love that there's, there's a montage pan around of all the students and it's kind of similar to like the, the opening part and we see uh-huh. and we see all these people and we see these two guys a janitor and some other guy sitting there drinking beer and Riley comes up slaps the beer out of the guy's hand and goes that's my mom left you <laughs> that's her dad <laughs> and he looks at her and he's like oh. and, we, and we, there's this like zoom in on his face of like a life changing moment <laughs> <laughs> uh, so she she's running around and she and we cut to a scene of uh, Clapton Davis sitting in an English class um, uh-huh and it's it's so fucking. Weird. He basically he gets an A for doing nothing. He like he raises his hand because um, it's it's making fun of education back in the in the nineties. Uh, because uh, she's like, um, that that's like. So what is you know what is Moby Dick? What is Moby Dick really about? And he's like, I forget what he says. He just like makes says some random ass shit. And she's like, Oh, Clapton Davis, you already got your A for class participation. You don't need to talk anymore. <laughs> and gives him the A. And he's like, Oh look, I made cookies for everyone. He starts passing them around. And uh, uh, Riley comes in and is like, He's a killer. And he's like. I don't know this person. <laughs> and basically we learned that Clapton saw Xander go back in time and he chased after him and has then been stuck in 1992 for two weeks. And has just been going to class. <laughs> Cause I guess that's what you do when you're trapped in time. You go to class. Yeah. You know, that's, that's what it I, is. The 90s education. I love it. Cause then Riley's like, Oh my God, we have to kill Xander. And he's like, what are we monsters? Let's just kidnap him. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we cut to Xander, who is um, in the science class with Verge, helping him create a bomb, essentially. Uh, to, the bomb that he created that gave him the scar, essentially. And he's like, he's like, yeah, so I wouldn't fuck that up. Otherwise, he might, you know, explode and, you know, give you a horrible scar on your face. And, like, shows him, like, a picture of himself when he's older. Um, and I love it because he's like, uh, and he, and he's like, are you really from the future? He's like, yes, I'm from a future where human are, are, just, are just batteries, the power of computers, basically, like, uh, defining... Um, the matrix and he's like matrix. he's like so what what's your name uh mister he's like no I, I i love that part because he's just like yeah we're from the humans are being used by batteries and then he's just like what that wouldn't make any sense that's not energy efficient <laughs> and he's like and he's like yeah whatever and he's like you know i like the way you think mister and he's like uh keanu <laughs> um and basically riley and uh Riley and Clapton just like you know walk in, pick him up, and take him out. <laughs> Doesn't drag, yes. drag Xander. Out. I mean, they literally just like pick him up. Riley takes him by the legs, and uh, Clapton takes him by the head, and they just kind of like zoom the way out, like it's a stage exit. <laughs> um, and uh, so they get in like a little fight at, at this point, and Riley tries to kick him, kicks Xander, and her shoe like boot flies off and goes into crashes through a, a trophy case. Which in the beginning of the movie, uh-huh. we actually saw that same boot in the trophy case. Yes, uh, so that's great. Um, and basically. Um, uh, Xander breaks out of their clutches and runs into the time machine. They follow him in, um, and uh, as they run in, the explosion goes off that Verge makes, and uh, they get into the, the bear. Uh, Xander runs out and dies within like the explosion-y fire thing, 
and they uh-huh. wait. They, run, they kind of jump back to six minutes before the explosion, and they're like, "All right, we yes. need to stop Verge because like just stopping Xander's not going to help because Verge is going to the Verge is going to create this explosion regardless." Yeah, we got to do a do-over. That that plan didn't work. We got to try another do-over. Which, which again makes me wonder if it's going to happen nine minutes in 1992, and they can go back in time multiple times. Why does it matter nine minutes in 1992? I don't. I don't. <laughs> like they, they do mention, I think when Xander's giving the explanation, he mentions tachyons. So I guess it's an explosion throughout time, because tachyons are uh-huh. for like time travel and whatnot. I guess based on other sci-fi things I've seen. Um, and so basically, they're like they go and they find uh, they find Ioni, and they're like Ioni, you need to go like ask him out. And she's like, oh, I don't want to. Um, <laughs> so uh, they go and they uh, and they, they find her, and, like, and she's like. Oh my God, Riley! It's like you know she's happy to see her. She's like, I invented the word guac, and she's like, and I, and I think I might be pregnant. And they're like, is is I only pregnant with herself? <laughs> um, so she agrees, and she goes and asks uh, Verge to prom, and he's like, he's like, we wear your hair like uh, who does he say like Sigourney Weaver or something? She's like, fine. He's like, okay. And there's this like really weird, awkward hug scene where he hugs her, and I don't know what they did in the camera to, to film it this way, but his arms like are outside the camera and they like, wrap around her in the most like insect like way ever. It's, I don't know what uh-huh. he did to film it, but it looks awesome. Um, yeah, the cinematography and the camera angles are just... It's a very, very active camera in this movie. Yeah. And I love that. Uh, no. It's very entertaining. So then what happens? So they go... So they they, uh, they go back into the bear, and as, they're, uh-huh. as they're trying to go back in time, Xander appears again, and he has the bomb in his hand. He's like, ha-ha, I got this. And as... Um, actually, sorry, before then, they run back to the... They run, they run back to the bear, and they're going to go leave, but the bear is closed. The... Uh, the bear and they're like, man, I think I think Toshiba said there's like a, an open switch somewhere. So Riley's looking around and she bends over and she finds this metal protuberance coming out of the bear's crotch and starts yanking on it. Um, and as she does, uh, our buddy Elliot appears behind her with a old fashioned Polaroid and he takes a picture of her, which is the picture of the we learned is the picture of the school girl sucking off the the mascot. Oh, the bear. Um, yes, that's that. And it's also and then sorry. so it all comes full circle. It's her. It's her all along she was making fun of. And then at this point, Xander comes on over. Wait, wait before and then. He's just, we, 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 we get to see what, um, what, how what? Elliot got attention. Yeah. Because Elliot's taking the picture. Yeah. And the principal comes behind him. Yeah. And he's like, oh, are you shooting porn? And he takes him and drags him off. And that's how Elliot gets attention, by taking a picture of her trying to open the bear. <laughs> This movie has so many layers. It's wonderful. Anyway, um, so they dive into the bear, and then Xander comes on out, and he's just like, you forgot about the bomb. And he's got the bomb strapped to his chest, and he's like, ha, ha, ha. And then he pulls up the detonator and presses it, and it blows up him and him alone. Like, that's it. He just kind of explodes into a gory mess, but the rest of the school's fine. <laughs> and then they look at each other, and they shrug, and then they just leave. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, uh, and then they land back and fall in the middle of a dance floor and they get up and they're in 2011 and they're at the prom um and everything's kind of fixed at this point like um sloan and verge are dating now um or sloan slash ioni are dating um now uh ioni is dating who's ioni dating? ioni is dating the principal right no tony well, but, well, well, tony. well sorry sloan slash ioni old 1992 ioni sloan is dating uh verge now and he's has his own band and uh, Toby is playing an instrument. Gord is playing drums. Uh, I think Ioni's, Ioni's dating Toby. Toshiba and Goff Girl are dating. It's it's the best timeline. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, Toby again whoops out Mbop, and in the most like cliche movie thing ever, 
um, Clapton and uh, Riley are crowned prom king and queen because in this universe they're dating because Ione is dating Toby. Um, yep. And Toby's a baller and he murders Umbop with a girl. He's so good. Um, so <laughs> it, it ends and the two of them uh, go back. Uh, and actually also Riley's foot is, is healed because she never heard her leg falling off the... Uh, falling off the, the stage dancing because her father showed up to watch her because he's no longer a drunk. Um, and, um, they're kind of, the crowned crown king and queen cause they dance. And I just, it's, it's so good. And, uh, everyone's happy. Clapton, everyone's Clapton do dance. Clapton do dance. Uh, well, what does he say? He says something like Clapton don't dance, but Patrick Swayze. Yeah. Does, yeah. Yeah, like yeah. Was it because was Patrick Swayze in dirty dancing? Is that what it was? Yeah. Yes. There we go. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yes. He put baby in the corner. Yeah. He doesn't. He didn't put baby in the corner. He saved baby in the corner. Uh, so as they're doing this, we cut and we see Xander again. Um, uh-huh. And Xander grabs a knife uh, and kind of disappears. So Riley and Clapton are heading home. You know, they're grabbing uh, grabbing her stuff out of the locker. It's nighttime. Everybody's gone home from the dance. And right when they're about to kiss, because like, man, everything's back to the best timeline. And yep. Riley sees a poster of Taylor Fisher and Billy Nolan and how they are still dead in this timeline, which means that Cinderella does still exist in this timeline. And then Cinderella appears behind them and tries to kill him. And Xander just, like, smashes the shit out of Riley's leg. She just, like, mm-hmm. stamps that bitch down and breaks off the cast again. Um, and starts arguing. And, like, I forget what he's, like, just basically, like, everyone here is terrible except for me. You should have fucked me when you had the chance. Just, like, being the most entitled douchebag ever. Oh, I love his one line where he's just like, "Oh, your bra size is wasted," and something like, and someone like you. And it, <laughs> it's he's being the most incel nice guy. Ever. Do you know when when did that Brock Turner incident happen? The the, the uh, swim guy who like raped that girl. I'm pretty sure it was after this movie. Was it okay? Because yeah. I thought I was looking at it I'm like this kid actually looks a lot like him, and he's having this whole talk about he how does, this girl yeah. should like him, and I was like, "Wow, uh-huh. did I make Brock Turner?" You mean the rapist Brock? What? The the, the 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 Brock who rapes yeah the other rapist Brock the swimmer guy the other the, the, that rapist yeah, Brock that rape, yeah the one who raped a girl yeah that n- rapist not, not the Pokemon that rapist one? Brock that he okay he, uh, the, the 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 one who went to that college and raped the other yeah. girl that rapist that, that okay terrible just want to make sure that we're talking about Brock the rapist yeah Got yeah it. Brock the okay. rapist yeah that's what that's that is what he is <laughs> and what he always will be um, and he deserves whatever fucked up thing happened whatever like whatever permissions he was denied as a result of that he deserves that um, mm-hmm. so basically anyway. so because uh, I, I like, honestly like it, it, I I do think it actually very topical that our villain is this entitled asshole. I, I kind of, I think it's kind of cool. Um, a very, it's the, uh, incel culture. Exactly. You know, it's, it's the whole mindset that women are punch cards. And if you're nice to them on a certain amount of times, then you're entitled to one free night of sex with them. Exactly. And it's, it, it's definitely what he's, the vibes he's giving off right mm. now. Mm-hmm. And I haven't really seen that in, in another movie. I, or, like, I haven't really seen that villain, like, like not when that villain becomes murderous, I haven't seen that before. I've seen mm. that like in like, dramas and shit but, but that, 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 was, that was an yeah. interesting change I, and I like it um, uh, and I love it too because he smashes he smashes his legs and he's like he's like why was I born somewhere in some place like Orlando that would be so much cooler um, <laughs> yes and Clapton wakes up because because he kind of knocked him out right? Clapton gets up and they have their big fight uh, Patrick Swayze yes. versus Steven Seagal uh, I love this it's like you've got you're about to be spanked by the power of Swayze <laughs> and then Clapton stands up with his fist and then Patrick Swayze is there in spirit right behind him wearing his red shirt <laughs> And he's like, Al Roadhouse had where his fist, and under siege, Steven Seagal was a master chef as well. <laughs> <laughs> and they start having this massive kung fu scene, Swayze versus Seagal. It's so good. It's, it's, it's so hilarious. Um, and they keep referencing the movies over and over again <laughs> on Underground. 
uh, Seagal had impenetrable defense. <laughs> it's oh, and it, it's so great too because like uh-huh. Clapton has like is you know Clapton's doing the ball up fist and uh, he's doing the, the, the slappy kind of like flat hand like that uh, Seagal does. It's it's amazing. Uh-huh. Um, yes, and uh, eventually uh, Clapton's about to like you know kind of win and Xander picks up the knife and stabs him. Uh, yes, and then. Uh, uh, Riley, Riley, like, while he's stabbing, Riley gets on him and bites his hand to make him drop the knife. Um, uh-huh. And Xander ends up grabbing the axe again uh, that he had earlier. And uh, he kind of he grabs Riley's little uh, backpack and starts pulling on it. And as he does, the bear, I don't know why the bear comes alive or why the bear starts being magnetic, but the, the bear starts uh, yeah, being magnetic. Yeah, the bear is... Yeah, it's basically an electromagnet at this point and takes everything metal, including Riley's backpack, including... Um, Xander's axe and just slowly starts pulling everything in towards it. And eventually Xander is pulled in enough and gets impaled on the bear's claws. Yep. Then he is dead. Um, and that's basically the end of it. It's very, like, they're just kind of like, wow, I guess that's, uh, that's, that's, like, I almost think they say something like that. Like, oh, that's an interesting ending. And then, like, more or less, that's the end of the story. Um, we, yeah. we do get so um, basically we get to the scene of Riley kind of talking. Oh wait wait wait, um, wait 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 wait. Then we get um, a title card pops up and says Riley one end of the world zero. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then we get to the scene of Riley in a diner eating food, and I can't. I think she she is still she's going back to she's still eating her vegetarian ways, but but now she's more confident. She's not like hiding it, uh-huh. um, and she's basically talking about life and about like how you know being yourself is important and stuff. Um, yeah. And it's. It's it's stupid, honestly. Like it's it's a really weird thing. But again, I think it, it's like that. Clarissa explains it all kind of thing. I feel like they're go by they're going for, and I think it was intentionally supposed yeah. to be kind of cringy. And and we also get a montage of all the characters going through like Ione as Sloane in or Sloane as Ione and her daughter's body is trying to buy alcohol. It's not letting yeah. her because you know she appears like she's sixteen years old. Um, we just see all that. Uh, Eddie um, has left attention for the first time in 19 years, and like he sees the sunrise for the first time. Toshiba and emo girl hook up, and it's just yeah, yeah, and like yeah, yeah and, and like and they're kind of like implying that like people people can be who they are. Essentially, is, is I think I think like again, it's it's the idea of like just accepting who you are and embracing it because like. Like Clapton, they're like, oh, Clapton is a king in the sense that, like, yeah, he's a social guy, and that's that's what he has going for him, and that's what he likes, and it's and she is this vegetarian activist person, and she's accepting of it. Uh-huh. Um, and so as it as the story ends, uh, we pan up to um, the TV behind her, and we learn that uh, Gord is actually a part of a vegetable species who is here <laughs> on Earth because humans eat their sons and daughters because they have no self confidence, and that is why they have come to invade them, and. And, that, and that's how the movie ends. That, yes, that is. And again, I can't like. Are these the same aliens that abducted the bear? Are these the same aliens that abducted the um, that abducted uh, Ionian Sloan? Because it it's the same spaceship. It looks like in all three scenes where we see a spaceship, it's the same spaceship. So like, what is this alien's motivation? They help kids switch bodies with their moms. They. Uh, I can't. I, I can't. I can't. I can't. At all. I, I, I don't get it. I'm, that is detention. It's it's weird, but also like, what did did they make that man eat tuna fish? Because I, uh, she said that some people eat tuna because uh, eat like eating fish because uh, fish feel no pain. Like I don't I don't I don't know. Americans hate chickens. I, I I don't know, dude. That was detention. It is easily one of the craziest movies I have 
ever seen them. One of the most ADHD movies I have ever seen. It is absolutely phenomenal. Like, it is great to watch on your own because it is a very, very active movie. You have to constantly be watching it. It is, the jokes are hilarious. It does some very, very unique things. Rapid pace. Basically, if you like the style of, like, the five-second films, Dude Bro Party Massacre 3, Edgar Wright, highly recommend this one. It's not as refined, definitely not, but it's an absolutely insane movie, and you could do much, much worse. No, hundred percent. And like, and I, I do apologize. I feel like this, this this episode probably was a little bit weird because like you have to watch it to understand just how hard it is to explain this movie. Like, yes, because there's not like a big story. There's not like it's just like all over the place. It really, really is. But it's amazing. But that is that. Okay, cool. All but, right. But, so, any closing thoughts on detention? Yes, yes, yes. Do you think this is a horror movie? I. Every time I watch it, no, the more I'm like, God, this no. is a horror movie. No, this is horror comedy, emphasis on the comedy. Most definitely. 100%. And, like, I will uh, say, the more I watch... Like, so, there's the, there's a sweet spot for this movie. I don't know what it is. But I think I may have gotten to the point where I started to watch this movie too much. Where now I know everything that's happening in it. And, like... Because, like, this one of those movies that I watched, like, eight times in college. And, like, just kept loving it more and more. And now, the more I'm watching it, the more I'm like... It's not, it's not that it's not growing on me anymore, but I'm starting to see it as, like... Okay, I, I got it now. So I, I would say watch it often, but not too often. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, this dimension returns after a while. But oh man, the ride up until that point. Yeah, Woo! good stuff. It's, it's amazing. Like it's it's a great film. I it's actually one of the only yeah. movies I still own on Blu-ray. Ah, I, I own this movie. It's uh, it's because for a while it was actually also one of the first one of the earliest movies to have that DMC copyright on it that you couldn't download it or, um, and watch yeah. it anywhere. So you had to actually buy it. Uh, so yeah. Well, in terms of where it's available on, I had it pulled up. Just give me a second. It's on Shutter, isn't it? Uh, it's on Vudu, Amazon Prime, YouTube, iTunes, and Google Play for under four bucks each to rent. Um, let's see if it's on Shutter. I thought it was on Shutter for free, but maybe not. And then they've taken it off. It could be. All right. Anyway, uh, yeah, uh, absolutely phenomenal movie. Uh, yes, it is on Shutter. Awesome. Perfect. And I, 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 like honestly, I would highly suggest anybody who listens to this to watch it. Uh, even if our summary is terrible, like you can even watch it with our summary and you'll still be surprised, like about what the fuck's going uh-huh. on. It's insane. It's so like, we didn't even cover half of what's going on in the background, all the weird shit that's going on. Oh in this god, movie. no! Oh god, no! Hundred percent no. So that's that. All right, cool. Well, thank you so much to our opening band. That is Teddy's Atlas with the song um, Horror Movie Story. You can get that off the album Children of the Corn. They're good, good Canadian boys, just like Gord, our <laughs> vegetable human killing alien dude yep yep yeah yep good stuff wonderful movie wonderful that uh we are just about wrapped up with our schools out forever theme next week what is our movie Andrew? Uh, we are doing graduation day which is a 1981 film i believe um and this one we're literally doing because it has the word graduation day in it i know nothing about it i just assume that people are graduating same here never saw it before but we will and we will be here to discuss it next week as well Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you all, and take it easy. Bye.